Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. This is the Cannon Cast, a weekly podcast from the Cannon, an SB Nation blog about the Columbus Blue Jackets. I am William Chase, joined tonight by Eric Seeds. What's up, Seeds? Guys, I'm hoping the Colorado Avalanche stay alive tonight. I've got my Miko Rantanen shirt got- on, and let's <laughs> let's go. Let's, they're gonna they're gonna rally here. Yeah, uh, we'll see. They're, I mean, if, they're, if any team could do it, it's them. They're they're stacked, but they'll need some good goaltending and defense and all that. But uh, also, Rachel Seeds, what's up, Rachel? I don't feel like I feel like you haven't been on the pod for a while. Uh, Ra- Eric, when did we get married? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm wow! Not oh my sure. god! Um, I've got oh, a couple, wow. I've got a couple so, people who are going. I've got a couple people who are going to be very yeah. confused by that. So. That's so weird. Wow. Okay. All right. So yeah, you guys are getting married. No, that was uh, awesome. And we're also joined by Rachel Buells. What's up, Rachel? Hi. Not much. I'm chilling. Wow. So. It's Monday night, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, all right, so, guys, so uh, we're going to start out with Torts. He was fined the twenty-five grand for his, quote, conduct during media availability after the fifth game of Columbus's first-round series with the Lightning, of course. He only answered, like, two questions and stormed off. Going, And also, it kind of goes back to December, the incident against the Blackhawks, when he was rightfully pissed off with the way things went against the uh, – what was it? The goal didn't count, and the NHL was like, "Oh well, big deal." So anyway, I'll start you with you, seeds. Uh, I know, obviously, coaching coaches have to talk and do their press conferences. But uh, what were your thoughts with this whole fine and everything? I mean, that's pretty much it. That's part of your deal as an NHL coach. Is you have, no matter how stupid the question is, you have to stay up there and answer. And he was he was fined conditionally uh, back in. December, January, the, the NHL came out and said, look, if you do this again, we're going to find you. And he did it again in the playoffs right after his team was eliminated. So they decided, hey, we're finding you. Um, I get that he might have thought the question was dumb. I get that he might have thought, you know, I don't want to answer a question of this right of this caliber right now. It frankly doesn't matter at this point. Um your team was just eliminated from the postseason. You have to stand up for there for more than a minute and answer questions. It's just part of the job. You, uh, you might you might not be held accountable to the fans in the way that like 
fans can't vote you out like it's like it's politics but you at some point have to or you are you as an NHL coach are expected to answer questions of the media and kind of help explain what's going on. And I would have liked to have had Torts up there for more than a couple minutes or more than a couple seconds, I guess. He wasn't up there for even a minute. And have him talk through, hey, why didn't you, why did you not call timeout? Why did you not do more? Uh, Was there something you wish you would have done? Uh, as your team blew a two goal lead with eight minutes to go to lose the series. Like it's, it's, it sucks that Torts doesn't really answer questions. I think he gets a little too much of a pass forward from some of the fans who think, Oh, it's, it's cute. Or he's just, you know, he's fiery and he's acting like, you know, this is beneath him. But at the end of the day, it's a, it's just a dick thing to do. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on the podcast, but it's a dick thing to do. Like you have to, you have to stand up there and answer questions, no matter how much you think they're beneath you. Even if your team just, and it wouldn't be so bad if he ever did this after a, well, it, it would still be bad, but it wouldn't look as hypocritical if he did this after a win. Like he never says, Hey, we want him out of here. It's, you know, my team just lost in an embarrassing way, or we did something dumb and, uh, now I'm just going to storm off. It just kind of makes you just look bad. And I kind of wish people would hold him more to account for that. Like you need to answer the questions. So I have no problem with the NHL finding him. I'm glad they finally did because he's the, the he, he skates for this too much with, uh, and it's about time he is held to account for it at some point. Uh, seeds. I, I pretty much agree with that word for word. Um, I, 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 see so much of myself in how I um am angry and am upset in John Tortorella like that's the same thing I would do if I was him uh but I'm not the head coach of the Blue Jackets like I was yelling at my TV and like flipped off. I didn't I didn't even watch his post game comments because I was just so mad and I was like well, you know whatever I this also it was just weird time of day like I'm just so I missed it. I didn't see it till later. I did watch it later. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter even if you get a crappy question. And certainly, and that's the other thing is like he has such a sharp tongue. I mean, he certainly still could have made that person regret asking that question uh, with his response. He, but for him to shut down and walk away, part of his function as the head coach is to answer those questions, especially then it doesn't matter when. And And that was that was the time that was set aside for him to answer those questions. So that being said, he made a decision and then the league consequently made their decision, which I also thought was appropriate. And that man has now since donated a lot <laughs> to the, whatever NHL foundation it goes to. So like, that's fair and that's good. And that's, you know, what should happen. I, I think that that justice was, was served. However, uh, it's frustrating for, and I, I sit in a lot of the torts, post-game pressers after games at uh, Nationwide, um, and they always scare the sh- I don't even ask questions, and I just sit in there, and I'm just nervous because this man makes me nervous. That's a high-stress situation for those reporters because they're trying to write a story, and they're trying to parse and figure out what happened at the game, and when he just shuts down, he's not allowing them to do their jobs. 
and and that's part of his job. So that's how I and I, I love John Tortorella and I think he's awesome. And like I said, I see so much of my temper in his temper. But again, I'm not making the big bucks as that coach. And I would like to think that if I were in that position, no matter how upset I was with the game, I would want to serve those journalists and help them do their jobs too. Remember uh, in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, and Marshawn Lynch was just like, "I'm just here, so I don't get fined." Right. Yeah, it's like, what is? How is that any different than Torts? Just literally, just you know, uh, Marshawn Lynch didn't say anything productive. The whole point is to be productive in these things. So it's like, well, if he would just had to be there, Torts was there. Yeah, I get it. I know what you're saying, but uh, I, I don't think Marshawn Lynch was fine for that type of thing. But uh, in fact, that's why he was like, "I'm just here, so I don't get fined." Also, real fast, I was. Uh, on my other podcast, I was talking with my friend Ryan, who used to cover the Golden Knights, and I asked him because he used to be in those media scrums out there. And I said, uh, "Did you ever get like? Did you ever have Gerard Gallant just go off on you?" And he's like, "No, I don't think I ever had him, uh, you know, do anything like that." But he was like, he could be intimidating. And I remember earlier this year, Gerard Gallant went off on somebody. I forget the name. I think he's with the Athletic. But they asked him like something like, "Why do you struggle against?" these teams but you beat these teams and Gerard Gallant was like what this team isn't a good team just because we can't beat them or something like they're all good teams and they just got pissed off and stormed off so it's just I don't know I know Torres is the the poster child for these incidents but then I realized some of the tempers that other coaches have had like uh, Gerard Gallant it seems right and the 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 big issue with Torres is part part of it is we all watch him on a regular basis we see him do this you know, after a, you know, a bad loss to Ottawa in October, he'll like say five words and storm off. And it, it sucks for guys like Hedger and Svoboda and those guys who are on deadline trying to get answers that they need to write their story, their post, their, their gamers and need to get, uh, get stories out and tell the story of what happened in the game. And, Part of the issue is Torts is, you know, I, I believe he, it's in like every NHL coach's contract that they have to like talk to the media post game. I believe that's how that works. That Probably. wouldn't surprise I believe, me. I believe yeah. that's how that works. Someone can tweet me at Eric underscore seeds if I'm wrong. But regardless, it's it's just a pattern with Torts. And while like like you, Rachel, I have an extremely short temper and was fuming at the end of the series and also kind of just exhausted with how it all turned out that I I like to think I would have done better but I can't know for sure because I've seen myself melt down in high pressure situations and be extremely angry with people around me but I'm not the high paid big bucks coach of a one one like there there are 31 of these jobs on the planet and I don't have one of them so I would like to think my conduct would be appropriate of the situation. Uh, and Torts on that day wasn't, so I have no issue with him getting fined the amount that he was warned he would get fined if he did that back in January. There are it, he, he, he basically lived out the mantra that there are consequences for one's actions, and I have no issue with it. So the question that he was asked was, I mean, in, in, in fairness, I mean, I don't think it was a horrible question or anything, even though I, I was also taking like on Torts' side on, in this case, I was like, all right, I'm personally am past the, uh, oh, this was such a great, you know, morale, blah, blah, blah. Uh, oh, your team wasn't supposed to be here, but here they were. I don't care about that anymore. Like this team's supposed to, I mean, yeah, I get the whole narrative that we heard about from the national media about who they lost. And at this point it's like, well, 
we know how good the team can be, at least to get to the playoffs. Maybe they weren't going to go far or whatever, but I was personally like past all that narrative anyway. So I get why Torch definitely wasn't going to, I mean, he wasn't going to go into, uh, oh yeah, this is such a great moment that we were here and, uh, you know, we beat Toronto. It's like, who cares? You're either in the playoffs to win or you're not supposed to be here and go home anyway. You know, it's like, I don't, I'm not surprised that that was the question that he got. I mean, if you were, to, if they had asked him something specific to the series, like seeds, I think you were mentioning, or like why they didn't do this, why didn't they didn't do that, and then he got pissed off and walked off. I mean, yeah, it's like that's fair to ask him that stuff, but I get it. Like on the one hand, I don't think the question was horrible, but I get why he didn't want to answer that. Also, so yeah, yeah, I, but I don't think the question warranted his response. Uh, but it, it wasn't the best. It wasn't a freaking zinger. It wasn't like a Brian Hudger question where I'm like, okay, yeah, that was like smart and intelligent. Like, and this is not to knock. I don't even remember what the question was. I mean, I, I know the general sense of, you know, and yeah, I'm sure John Tortorella's probably tired of being asked some of the questions that he's asked. But again, like, like we said, uh, that's part of his job and part of it that he just needs to suck up and deal with. Um, and, and consider how lucky and grateful that he is, to, to be in that position. And unfortunately, not unfortunately, again, because I'm a, a big fan of his, but uh, he is the mouthpiece for the organization in a huge sense. And when he acts like that um, and makes headlines for acting like that, I feel like, I feel like, Seeds, you made a good point earlier where it's like, we're used to watching this man do this on a fairly regular occasion. But when it happens in the Stanley Cup playoffs, especially when I feel more eyes are on sports right now because people just have less going on. But uh, like now they're like, oh, the Blue Jackets, people who aren't familiar with the Blue Jackets are like, oh, they have this asshole coach. Um, And that's not even, that's not it, it's true in a sense where like if you know him but if that's all you know about him then you're it just leaves a bad taste in the mouth, mouth for the whole organization which i don't think is a fair characterization and so when he acts like that it it is unfortunate again love him i get why he does it but then i also am happy to argue against why he shouldn't do it so right yeah yeah today's episode is brought to you by cars.com With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Now, uh, so we'll go ahead and shift to, so last week, so the NHL, a much cheerier topic. <laughs> yeah. 
much cheerier topic. But also the NHL also the NHL suspended games in solidarity with the anti-police brutality protests last week. Kind of you know what started I think with the NBA and the baseball, and then of course the NHL did that as well. Rachel, I'm going to start with you. What were your thoughts, or what are your thoughts? Three words: disappointed, not surprised. I mean, period. Like that is, I, I, how did I know in May when all the initial NHL statements started coming out and they are just chock full to the brim of these empty platitudes, non-actionable statements, our heart, our, our thoughts and feelings and th- thoughts and prayers. Like I don't want to hear another thoughts and prayers in my freaking life. I'm done. What, what, no matter what it's about. Um, you know, whether we're talking police brutality, whether we're talking school shootings, you know, all the normal things that happen in America very regularly. Uh, I'm tired of it. And that's all that these we saw this amazing. First of all, this horrible tragedy of a man being shot seven times in the back in front of his freaking children for walking away from a police officer, which is not a crime. And we all saw that. And then we saw these NBA players put together and th- this amazing, powerful, awesome a strike. It was a, you know, a strike, a labor strike. And it was so powerful. And it's like, like, this is this awesome time for solid, especially like I just already mentioned, so many eyes are on sports right now, because it's one of the only forms of live entertainment that exists. So, and you know, uh, white people are always saying, this is how people of color can protest. This is how black athletes should protest, or how they shouldn't protest. And, And here they are, uh, protesting peacefully and protesting in a way that was very effective, in my opinion. Uh, And all the NHL had to do was go along with it. Like you, I'm extremely disappointed and I'm absolutely unsurprised. The, The National Hockey League continues to lead from behind on these issues. Like the Milwaukee Bucks who led this, who led this issue in the NBA not only uh, struck and demanded a response from the Wisconsin legislature, which was hilariously pathetic in its response, but that's beside the point. They, they withheld their talent and their, they used their platform for the maximum amount of good possible to draw attention to this issue by refusing to come out onto the court. The NHL responded by saying, we were taking a nap and not know, and didn't know what was happening. That is absolutely pathetic on so many levels. I, I, I wish I could say I was surprised by the backwards-ass leadership that the players in the league continue to show here, but I can't. Not only did the NHL not strike on on Wednesday night in solidarity with the WNBA, the MLS, several MLB teams and the NBA itself. They waited an entire day to come out and say they were going to do that. But on the night of on Wednesday night, the NHL said they were going to hold a moment of reflection before both games forgot to do it before the second one. No one noticed. uh, No one on the ice noticed they, they just attempted to skate by with it, and then they put up a big message on the Jumbotron that said, end racism, as if that was going to actually do anything meaningful. I would like, you know, I'm, I'm happy that the NHL, several of the NHL players have formed this Hockey Diversity Alliance. There are things that they have proposed that the NHL should do. 
but I want to see, you know, there were, there were thousands of, or there were, there were tens. I, I wish I could say there were thousands. There were tens of NHL players who put out statements and said, you know, we stand with uh, black lives matter. Tyler Sagan protested with a black lives matter movement or with a black lives matter March. Um, Patrice Bergeron donated, I think $25,000. Uh, a lot of players put out statements, but now that you're in this bubble, no, none of you seem to give a about what is going on in the wider world. And that is what is incredibly frustrating is that you were, it feels like you were, you, it feels like you were taking, they were, the NHL players were taking a step forward for a second and have taken four steps back because hockey culture sucks so much. And it just, it refuses to let these guys give a damn about anything in the wider world outside of taking smelling salts and getting out there for their next shift. The, the biggest frustration, the biggest frustration I've seen of, of this is when Elaine Vigneault was interviewed um, after the post game, he's like, we're not here to care about, he basically said in so many words, we're not here to care about the wider world. We're here to win hockey games and go home. And yes, I mean, you, you're, you're there to win, but you also have to be cognizant of what in the hell is going on in the country that you reside in and the cities that you play for. And the fact that so many of these players not only went out on the ice and played, but seemed to be completely unaware of what was happening. And I get that the NBA and the Milwaukee Bucks striking was a spontaneous event and the NHL had a team on the ice already uh, or had a game on the ice already in, in the New York and Philly game. But you have to understand that when these guys are striking for police to protest police brutality, a police shooting a man seven times in the back and several, and one of the players on the team had like had been tased in a routine traffic stop. There's something bigger going on and it's, it, it bothers me how much the NHL feels like an outsider in these moments that they don't feel connected to the rest of the American sports. The like, and I know the NHL has a lot of foreign players. They have Canadians and Europeans and Russians, etc. But they feel like they're just so disconnected and out of the loop from everything else that's going on, and it's just not okay anymore. It's it is no longer okay. Well, and part of me wants to support. And it is valid. It's fair to say that a lot of players are foreign. They're not from America and they don't live in America when the season isn't happening. But on the other side of that coin is that racism isn't exclusive to America. Racism exists everywhere. So whether or not they're taking a stand in their home country or in America, it doesn't matter because it's a ubiquitous international public health crisis, racism is. Uh, and so for them to just pretend, oh, I'm not a part of this because I'm not a, a part of this country, which, you know, again, I haven't heard anyone say in so many words, but that's what the, their lack of action kind of communicates to me. And then my other thought with what you said, yes, about the, the tens of players who made statements in May, and I thought some of them were very thoughtful and some of them were very moving. Guess what? You know, they spent all that time listening and learning. Like, it's time for you to have, you did that, you tell us that you did that studying. You were, you were learning, you were listening, you were taking in other people's opinions and perspectives. 
it's time to apply that. Uh, and that's what we didn't see. They had this amazing opportunity that was not only uh, happening in leagues around them, but uh, happening in, in a very uh, demonstrable and uh, easy to follow template, if you will, of other teams who are in bubbles and who have playoff stakes are happening. And it's like they, they paused. And, and again, you know, it's, it doesn't only come from the players. It comes from the, the organizations themselves. I'm really disappointed that the Blue Jackets, at, at least as far as I know, as of yesterday, they hadn't said anything. Has that changed as of Monday night? No, not to my not to my. And knowledge. I think they're one of one or two teams who haven't. I think the other day it was Nashville, St. Louis, Seattle, Kraken. They put out a statement and they don't even exist yet. You know, like they're but they're part of the league, and it's just God. It's just it's confounding because it's like, hang on. I thought you said all these. I, I've got the receipts from May when you said that you were ready to to stand with your brothers and sisters who are being oppressed and they're, they're not going so far as to even say anything now. So it is really frustrating and disappointing. It's a lot of mixed messages. And by mixed messages, I mean, they're willing to say they're willing to talk the talk and then not walk the walk. And in this case, they're not even talking the talk because there hasn't been any, it's been crickets. Well, we are just about running out of time. These were definitely heavy topics. We've had a few of these this year, but we'll have to see how the NHL and the rest of the sporting landscape continues to kind of navigate these waters. I was just going to say one one of my favorite uh, murder podcasts, they do um, a good a good thing at the end because they always talk about people getting murdered. So um, they have to say something happy about their week. So why don't Will, why don't you go first? All right. So we're, we're ending on happy stuff, right, Rachel? So I'm, I'm trying to think of something. Well, I'm starting a running class tomorrow, so that should be fun. But no, um, in addition to that, because exercise is good, right? Um, I've just been doing my podcasts and just, you know, living life. <laughs> That's all I got. There you go. Hey, living life is better than not. So <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Rachel? <laughs> sure. Um, so my good thing this week is that I have been uh, my day job. Uh, I work at a digital marketing agency in Columbus. Uh, I've been on a pay cut since uh, towards the beginning of the pandemic and my pay cuts over. So nice. yeah. And uh, apparently this is also extra good news. Um, our pay cut that we've been under since May, they're uh, giving it back to us as a bonus at the end of the year. So uh, uh, yeah, hell yeah. So anyways, um, I wanted to just plug a couple local Columbus businesses um, that I've been spending cash at lately and they're all black owned um, and they're all in Old Town East, but Upper Cup Coffee, they have the most fabulous coffee. They always give me amazing recommendations for coffee beans. Um, I'm, I'm addicted and they're, uh, Breakfast sandwiches are unparalleled. I will even say maybe even kind of can compete with uh, Fox in the Snow, which I, I love their breakfast sandwich. I feel like they have the market cornered uh, in Columbus as far as breakfast sandwiches, but uh, Upper Cup, uh, amazing. And then right across the street, Eden Birkin is like a lifestyle store. Um, and they sell a lot of beautiful like art and like planters and things. And then right next door is a um, black owned plant store called Yellow Apple. And I bought a really beautiful plant there last week. So um, I'm focusing on concentrating my money, uh, especially now that I, I have some extra with my, my pay cut being lifted uh, back into the local economy and supporting black owned businesses as a way to uh, support our black brothers and sisters, which I'm trying to do. So that's my that's my happy thought. Matter of fact, 
Um, my happy thought is uh, related to last weekend. Uh, on Saturday afternoon, I went up to Fenley. My best friend from undergrad, Matt, got married. Uh, he and his he and his new wife, Kim. Uh, the ceremony was beautiful. Everyone was wearing masks, and we all had a good time. Uh, I just want to say I'm very happy to have been part of uh, part of their special day, and that was the highlight of my week. I got to see some friends from college that I haven't seen in a long time. Uh, got to take part in one of my very good friends' special day, and we got to hang out, and I sang one song at karaoke, and I sang Africa by Toto, so that is my happy thought of the week. Nice. Hell yeah. Love that song. My, uh, my, light, in, my light in the mood was when I said Rachel Seeds. <laughs> That was awesome. <laughs> I hope you keep that. It was perfect because you're about yeah, to drink too. I don't, literally. Yeah, I don't know where I don't know where that came from. That was so weird. I think I was looking at the names really and I just funny. my mind was, just didn't even yeah. pick it up. Yeah, no, that was that was perfect. Well, that's that's pretty much what we had for this week. We will be back next week. We'll discuss again any and all things Blue Jackets, NHL, uh, with it being the off season for Columbus. We'll see if any other types of news come out josh anderson which we didn't get to this time but maybe next week or you know any other player potential moves so we will be back next week our theme music is the song green eyes by angela pearly and the howland moons off of their album homemade vision angela's newest album is called 430 and you should definitely go check it out check her out at angelapearly.com and you should also check out angela pearly on twitter facebook instagram and youtube for videos and live stream concerts from her home during this stay at home period rate us leave us a review on itunes and as always we welcome your comments and questions you can tweet at us at cbj cannon and comment on jackiscannon.com from all of us at the canon thank you for listening and we will see you next week Black.